and welcome to the Trench Run Report. Um, this is a separate uh, bonus episode of us talking about the few uh, chapters of The Mandalorian. Uh, as always, I am Justin Gray, and also here with me is... Aaron Russo. And uh, if you want to hear our opinions on the first two chapters of The Mandalorian, you can check out our uh, episodic uh, episodes called uh, Disney Plus Star Wars Equals. Let's uh, begin with uh, Chapter 3. So Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian. That was uh, two weeks ago now, right? Or two, and a half, two, two three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. So we're reaching back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly how that episode started. That's where he starts out returning Baby Yoda, correct? Uh, yep. Returning Baby Yoda. I mean... For me, the first three episodes are just stellar, and I think Chapter Three was right up there. Like that was a, that was a, probably the most like eventful and memorable chapter, right, mm-hmm. of all of them for sure. Um, were you surprised at all? Did you think that they, that he would turn the baby in initially, or did you think he was going to keep him from the beginning, or her, or whatever? We don't know what what Yoda is yet, or Baby Yoda is yet. But. I I feel like he was gonna turn it. I, I feel like the story, like how the story played out, was how I thought it was gonna play out, except for the very end of it. So like from the beginning to the middle, I was like, all right, this is probably what's gonna happen, and pretty much it hit it basic. It hit it on like every note that I thought it was going to. So you thought he would turn 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 the baby in, and then have second thoughts, and then go back and get it mm-hmm. in that all in that like, third chapter. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah. I was, I was, I wasn't, I don't know, for some reason, I don't remember having like a clear idea of what was going to happen. I, I figured that we would, that that would be what we would figure that out. We would learn that right in that next episode when he did go in and, and, and return the bounty and collect the, 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 the bounty, um, I wasn't so sure that he would go back and get baby Yoda right away. Oh really? Which I, which I, I was like, okay, so he 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 turned the baby in, and then he goes to get the other a new bounty, you know, and all that. Um, we would be remiss to say to not mention the um, when he gets the bounty of Beskar that that was uh, handed to him in the infamous ice cream maker <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> machine, which was very explicit. That's a really good example of like fan service that like 99% of the people who are watching would totally miss, mm-hmm. but that that 1% would just be like totally geeked out about, you know, that that was, that that was done. I thought that was, that was very cool. That was very, very fun. Like really, really, really inside, you know, like inside uh, Easter egg there for, for fans. But yeah, I guess I, I was, so when he turned the baby in, I was like, okay, so I figured I figured at some point he would get Baby Yoda back because like otherwise that you know just that couldn't be the end of Baby Yoda and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know um, but that was a, it was a, it was a good it was a good uh, I mean they got right to that right he turns the baby in right away and gets the best scar and and goes straight to I believe to the armory again uh, yep is that what happened mm-hmm. yeah. And that was an interesting scenario. Yeah, that I found very intriguing. It's like, I don't know, like, once he'd gone in there, 
I just noticed that people were starting to follow him uh, into the armory, and I was like, okay, I feel like they know what he has, mm-hmm. and like that the and the Beskar was probably like super rare, and like it's like, ooh, like is it really that? Plus, like you see the heavy, uh, heavy armored uh, Mandalorian talk a, briefly about where the Beskar came from, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect that that. Uh jealousy or you know that, that he would get a lot of grief from the other mandos like because of that that was interesting so like they they were like they were kind of jealous but they were also like not sure that he was you know not sure how they felt about him getting such a large bounty of their own you know steel from with the imperial stamp on it mm-hmm. but uh the little scuffle in the in the armory was certainly cool i thought that was a cool little hand-to-hand combat scene mm-hmm. and i loved the flashbacks because that's where we got the flashbacks right uh when, yep when she was making the full suit of armor and we got the full uh battle droid flashback uh-huh yep. yeah that was pretty that was very intense because it, it seems to be implied that the battle droids killed killed his parents we never it, see that right or um that whatever and plus like we do find out later that that the mandalorians took him in so he is not originally from mandalore or right i don't know because like i feel like the way that uh the the planet looked in uh the clone wars was a little different than uh than what we saw in the flashbacks i think doesn't he explicitly say in the later chapters that he was not a Mandalorian, or that he was adopted by them, or does he like not he was take he was taken in, taken in. So so it sounds like he potentially was not a Mandalorian by birth, right? But we don't really get so that whole concept of Mandalorians like taking in you know orphans or whatever mm-hmm. from around the galaxy. That's not that's not we've never been exposed to that, have we? Is that something that right is part of the Mandalorian? I don't. I, 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 I'm not really sure. I mean, like they. Maybe when they were when they were scattered after their purge, Maybe. they were all around the galaxy and finding people and taking them in or something. Yeah, something maybe. like that. It's an interesting. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's an interesting that whole storyline, like just his backstory, the history of the Mandalorians after the purge. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all very, very interesting. Very good. I'm looking forward to them developing more of that, which they've kind of gotten away from mm-hmm. for the next couple of episodes after that. But okay, but very interesting. Yeah, and plus, like, another thing that I kind of found very interesting was the concept of uh, them not taking off their helmets. Well, well, mostly to, like, in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had, like, some interesting discussions from, like, random people. They were like, well, in Rebels, like, they were taking their helmets off. Yeah, all the time. Clone Wars constantly. And I do kind of slightly remind them that, it's John Favreau that is writing the story, and he also voiced uh, Pre Vizsla in uh, the Clone Wars. Actually, fun fact: uh, the heavy Mando's name is yeah. uh, Paz Vizsla. And that's also and, Favreau, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was very cool how they kind of tied that in. But anyway, um, I'm very sure he's well aware that his character is like uh, took his helmet on and off in the presence of other people. Right. So, and plus, we don't exactly know, like in great detail, what happened 
after the premiere episode of season four in Rebels, which insinuated that the Mandalorians had a rebellion against the Empire on Mandalore. So something might have happened like right after that that didn't go exactly their way. Like a very reason after that why they don't take their helmets off. Because I feel like after after any war, something's got to change. Like whether it being whether it's being whether it's it's being like the way the culture is or how things are done there or any anywhere as far far as the people of Mandalore are concerned. Right. So we might get some explanation of why that changed, or we might not. Right? Maybe. Might maybe. Like, you know, it's, just, it's just different now, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is possible. But I think that that was that was, I like the tension of that conflict between the Mandalorians in there, and and for sure the flashbacks. So that was all very, very well done. And then after that, we get his return to the cantina mm-hmm. and to grief Karga and to all the the, the uh, other bounty hunters. And that was an interesting that was a that was an interesting uh, encounter. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and basically like everybody, you know. <laughs> yeah he's, like, he's got all of his new armor and everybody knows that he's the one that got the bounty and everybody's you know i guess jealous or whatever mm-hmm. and of course grief karga is cashing in himself right right and that was interesting um i don't know there wasn't too much memorable about that scene uh, to me other than the fact that he seemed to be right okay he's like yep got it okay what's my next thing like he doesn't even really mm-hmm. dwell on it he seems to be at least initially trying to like be a good bounty hunter and just finish the, the job that he was on and go straight to the next job. And, and he's very like, yep, sure did. Yep. Great. Okay. Okay. What's next. Mm-hmm. Right. So initially he gives off that impression that like he has no second thoughts, you know, about, uh, although he does, he does bring up, uh, the, like what are they going to do with it and again they do bring up again that it's against the um against the code mm-hmm. or whatever yeah so that is he does say that when he's in the then, presence of the imperials but then i feel like when he's with grief karga he's like okay all right i just gotta be a good bounty hunter and get to the next bounty or whatever oh yeah and plus he also addresses that the uh like what are the imperials doing here and he's like and he's and uh karga is just like trying to dismiss it as best as he can. He's like, oh, if you if you, you really have a problem with it, report to the New Republic, which is not fully developed yet. Right, it's kind of so. just like not viewed as legitimate or, mm-hmm. or any, anything in, in relevance or importance. Yeah, that's interesting. So so he he clearly, like he's he, he intends, it seems like, right, at that, in those moments, to move on to the next, the next adventure, right? The mm-hmm. next bounty. Which brings brings us to what I thought was one of the best scenes in the show yet, which is that, you know, he gets in the ship, he's mm-hmm. he's getting ready to leave, he reaches for the, whatever that stick with the ball on it is, uh-huh. and the ball's gone, and I I thought that was great because I really didn't, I was like okay, I guess he's gonna move on, at least initially we're gonna we're gonna have some time where he's gonna be like going in another direction. And Baby Yoda's going to be left behind, and then that's going to come full circle somewhere. But as soon as he reached for that, which I thought, I just thought, I don't know, for some reason that just hit me, like, so perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to change his mind and go back 
And I thought that was just really well done. I loved that scene. And and plus, like, you kind of just got to give props to uh, Pedro for just nailing, like, have, being able to show emotion without actually yes. physically seeing his emotion. Right. Like, just the, like, his body language. Yeah. Like, from, like, like how his head turns or, like, how he slowly just tries to, like, process like mm-hmm. that that was just downright was, amazing. Everything was well done in that scene. I think it was really, you know, just the, for me it was the perfect perfect amount of like thinking that he's going to move on and then getting that abrupt like, "Oh, nope, he's not." Like, hey, he's going back, right? And I thought that was that was really well done. I think that created some like, you know, um some, you know, back and forth emotions in the episode, which I thought was really cool. Um, and you know, then you're like, okay, right? It's gonna, it's gonna. Now we're now, now it's now it's gonna change the complexion of his story and the storyline, right? Like now he's gonna go rogue. He's gonna go off, off of you know the bounty yeah. hunter or whatever. Um, so that was that was all very well done, um, which led us to probably the best. I don't know if it's the best action sequence yet, but um, what did you think of the whole? scenario like the whole you had the whole like his recon like going back and trying to find them and then getting back into the compound and getting Mm -hmm. the baby and that whole encounter with all the stormtroopers that was fantastic i thought that was great that was some of the you know it's one of those another another sequence where we're like we really got to see things that we probably always wanted to see like like a, a, a mandalorian being a badass you know uh doing all kinds of cool stuff with his helmet and the technology that he has and like mm-hmm. his fighting skills and his his ability to be you know like sly and like kind of stealthy and mm-hmm. all those things all all coming into play there i thought yeah plus uh the whistling birds yes wow that was that uh, was great yeah that was and pretty how, cool. they, how they brought that back i love the um i mean there was the, all the parts you know leading up to him getting in there but the scene where he actually breaks into the room where Baby Yoda is, I thought was really worth picking apart. He had the first thing that came up was front and center was the the whole that um, interrogation droid. Yes, is right there, which was very ominous to me. It's like whoa, like that was a you know huge Easter egg flashback. And 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 the and and the thing that came to my mind was like, oh, you know, use that on little yeah. Baby Yoda, <laughs> that that uh-huh. that big old mean looking needly thing on mm-hmm. little baby yoda like what is that doing in there right like yeah like, which i thought was really that was a good that packed a little bit of a punch um but what did you think what did you think of the actions and words of the scientist in that scene um i feel i felt like as far as like him like trying to uh save his own skin he's like trying to use baby yoda as a shield like kind of hmm. like don't hurt it don't hurt it Right. Like, oh my gosh. Dude, there's an interrogation droid right there. And it's like, I, I doubt that you're doing it for, uh, like, medical reasons at all. So, so like, at, after that point, it's like, whatever you're saying is, like, probably major BS hmm. uh, in a way. So Interesting. I wonder, I wonder though, I, my, my speculation on it is, because, like, from the first episode when you have that conflict where... The Imperial guy is like, you know, hey, dead or alive, I understand this is complex. And the scientist is like, 
alive, like only alive, right? Like, and I think that there's this interesting, you know, it's like scientist has a slightly different agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Than the Imperials. I'm not really still not clear on what either of their agendas are, but I'm guessing the, the scientist guy has a more of a science, like maybe pure science agenda versus the Imperials having some other agenda, which I don't know what it, what it is, but yeah, same here. he seemed to be, you know, like he's like made a deal with the devil, right? Like for, for his pursuit of some kind of scientific whatever, he's willing to, you know, partner up with these Imperials. But we really don't know. We don't know too much about those characters and what their motives are and what they're trying to accomplish with Baby Yoda, right? Mm. But... It's interesting he didn't die. The Mandalorian didn't kill him. Right. So he's probably going to be in the show more again. Um, yeah, maybe. What did you think of, like, they never tell us. Right? They never, it's never stated explicitly in the show that this guy's like from Camino or that he's part of a cloning. You know, that that's still mm-hmm. very... That's still, uh, yeah, it is very uh, fan speculation and plus, like, yeah, like, or observations. It's uh, something that a only a, a clo- like someone paying close attention would say, oh, that. But maybe a lot of people who are watching the show may be completely unaware of that still, mm-hmm. potentially, it would seem like. So that was interesting. He gets the baby. That, we never really get anything about like why they, what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Do we? No. Nope. Yeah, I feel like that's still... Was he testing him? Was he taking something out of him? Was he... Well, the guy... Like, when uh, the Mandalorian was uh, spying, uh, trying to, like, recon back over there, oh, yeah. uh, the guy says, uh, ex- extract what you can, because um, I can't guarantee your safety any longer. And it's like, all right, extract what? Right. So something something that he wants, probably, you know, some kind of, like, either midichlorians or DNA or something, mm-hmm. the equivalent of DNA in Star Wars, I don't know what that would be. Something, something biological that he wants to extract for some other purpose that we don't know what it is. So that was all interesting for sure. And then the ensuing, you know, escape from the p- compound, mm-hmm. which was very, very video gamey for me. Like it was just it was a very like uh, kind of reminded me of. Uh, I heard other people talk about like it reminded them of Dark Forces of the old Star Wars video game, kind of sneaking around in the dark, fighting off stormtroopers and all that. Oh, okay. Um, and that was very cool. Do you have thoughts on the on that overall sequence? Uh, I thought it was kind of cool how uh, he used the flamethrower, and it's like, yes. oh, wow. it Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're wearing our stormtrooper armor or not. You're going to get fried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. he, he was pretty... Mandalorian is... Um, he's a killer. Mm-hmm. Like he's, a, he's not just, like, neutralizing people. He's disintegrating people and barbecuing them, and and even I don't think even like one time he slit their wrists or slit their throats or anything or stabbed right. people. Yeah, he did stab. He's yeah, he's yeah. kind of a pretty pretty bloodthirsty guy in some ways. It seems mm-hmm. like like which was you know pretty pretty intense. So that that flamethrower thing definitely was the highlight of that, or or maybe the the, the, the whistling birds. Yeah, the whistling birds. That was it was it was good. What was what was after that? Uh, the um, fobs were starting to go off. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, uh, like at that very moment, 
and it didn't matter whoever I saw this with. We were all just basically like, open season now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was actually probably my second favorite scene in the whole show, was just that moment where like one of them goes off, and the guy looks down, I think, and then like they all start uh, to go off. And yeah. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we never get a real explanation for exactly why the fobs would go back off. Right. But... Um, Still, the dramatic effect there was mm-hmm. really, really good, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that led right into the, the, the... So he gets confronted by Grief... Car- is it Karga or Cargo? I don't know if it's Karga. I think, I think it's Karga. Karga. Mm-hmm. Grief, Karga, and the other bounty hunters in the that courtyard or whatever as he's trying to go to mm-hmm. his ship, which um, another great action sequence for sure. You want What were your thoughts on how that all unfolded. This is probably like the part of the uh, show where, um, as I said before, I felt like I could, like I was uh, able to predict what was going to happen from like the beginning and the middle of the episode, but the ending is where it's like, okay, I wonder where they're going with this. And the shootout was pretty cool. Um, And and I kind of love how like, they kind of gave a little bit of a nod to like the first episode where where this a speeder comes with a droid and he's like no droids and then he gets onto a cart with a droid on it and he's like drive. Right. <laughs> oh. so, so in a, in so, a survival so, scenario, he'll... so he, he's picking like survival over being over right. his uh, stubborn uh, prejudice. Prejudice. Right. So. <laughs> um. So the obvious the obvious uh, moment in the, in the, in that scenario is is the the you know at the at the point where we think he's pinned down mm-hmm. we get yeah the the uh, Mandos come out and save the day right mm-hmm. which was which was didn't see it coming yeah wasn't really I mean, sure how that was going to unfold I knew he was going to get out of it yes but. Didn't see the whole Mandalorian thing coming, and yeah, I mean, from a visual standpoint, from a just like a wow factor, and kind of you know, like always wanting to see that in live action, mm-hmm. when it's just more than just Boba Fett. That was very, very cool. Like, those Mandalorians, like just everything about that, seeing that in live action, using the jetpack, shooting, you know, all the stuff that they were doing was just yeah, that was that was you know, again. Very similar to a lot of other scenes where you're like, oh, man, we've been waiting to see this. Waiting for someone to put this on screen. You know? Oh, yeah. And that was one of those things, for sure. Yeah, that was definitely, like, one of those moments in the Clone Wars where it's like, wow. Right. I wish we could actually see this with actual people. And then, and then there it was. Yeah. Um, they were, like, shooting and... And it looked, flying, it looked and really it looked, similar to, like, the way that we saw it in Rebels or Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but it was not animated. Although I'm sure there was, you know, CGI involved. Yeah. Sure. But but it was in real. It was real. Like, it was... It was and that was... It was fantastic. It, was, it reminded me in some ways of the opening sequence, the opening episode shootout scene where there's just... There's so much to see. There's so much going on. It all looks so cool. And you just want to catch every gunshot and every, every jetpack and everything that's going on. It's just fantastic mm-hmm. and that was yeah so that was like super just pure popcorn entertainment right nothing serious it's just this is just great right we're getting a whole crew of mandalorians like just totally you know being badass and destroying everyone and 
rescuing one of their own and all that. Mm -hmm. What did you think of um, the confrontation in the ship? Again, I feel like this went I, I, um, under the category of I didn't know where it was going to go. I was I, def I definitely knew the Mandalorian was going to walk away from this. Right. But I didn't know if uh, Cargo was uh, going to uh, until uh, until I heard the um, blast shot and then a ping and then he falls over. I was like, oh, wait a second. I didn't hear a ping. You yeah, yeah. There, there is a ping, like, like, ping, like, kind of like that. And uh, I'm not uh, sure. I'm, yeah, the mic. I'm pretty sure the mic volume went up when I went ping. So. <laughs> I think. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, if you go back and watch the episode, there's like a ting when he falls over, and I was like, uh, the the best car that he was showing off in the cantina. I was like, oh, okay, he's 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 not dead. <laughs> so. I I was so for me it was like I mean like clearly the Mandalorian I'm guessing like was okay with killing him, mm -hmm. right? Because he does shoot him. Um, and I thought that that was pretty interesting. Like he was willing to kill him uh, to get away. Mm -hmm. So he was really committed to just burning every bridge he has with the bounty hunting community and killing off someone who he was just working for. Um, and he, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, doesn't die. Um, and there's the irony of that Beskar being in there, which is which is good. But yeah, I mean, he, again, I think it was like, for me, it was like, man, this guy's a killer. Like, you get in his way, he'll, he'll kill you, <laughs> basically. But, but he does, yeah, so he gets away and he, he flies off. And I think that was, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Or did I miss something at the end? Uh, I thought the I thought that there was kind of a cute nod, uh, like how he like unscrews like the ball thing oh, and, the lever and gives it to gives it to him to play with. Yeah, yeah, like all right, mm -hmm. you can have it. You can play with it. Interesting. Okay, so that's episode. That's chapter three. Yep. Chapter four and five. Yep. Right. So uh, chapter four. Um, I felt like I I did recently rewatch it again, and I kind of I still feel like whatever uh, thoughts I had on it before are kind of the same. Still, um, I thought it was okay, um, not as great as the other ones, but just still good enough to keep keep my interest and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do remember that we kind of had a bit of a discussion about it, and you were th this was kind of the episode where you're like, mm, this one was probably very much like a lesser episode for me i didn't too much care for it so uh i i definitely i remember very clearly you know so like the first three chapters i think were just so good they were they were cohesive in the storyline you got so many payoffs you got so many plot twists you got character development you got everything that you kind of were, were hoping for and it, and it all happened and then I'm watching chapter four, and I remember—I just remember. I mean, if I—if I'm honest in terms of like, I'm sitting there watching it with my two of my kids, and we're watching the whole thing. We're quiet the whole time. No one's saying anything. We're watching it, and we just all kind of simultaneously, like when it was over, we were just like, "That was terrible." It's just, and there, everybody agreed. I think I said at first, like, "That was not good," and, and both of my kids were like, "No, it wasn't." It was a kind of a unanimous, spontaneous kind of like, "No, we didn't like that," and. And I didn't, I just didn't, I just, there was just things about that episode. I don't know if it was the tone or the acting or, or the storyline. I thought that mm -hmm. overall it just, 
it was a huge, for me, it was a huge drop off. I found a lot of the scenes just kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of different things I could say about it. Okay. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it for some reason. I, and someone mentioned to me that, it, that to them, it reminded them of like an old, like low budget Star Trek episode, like kind of like, the way like... it looked or came across. <laughs> Okay, so 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 basically, it was like the Star Trek insurrection of uh, Mandalorian episodes. That's what I've heard. Yes. Uh, okay. Or and and it, it was it just to me it just I just would say that you know that that the concept of him like needing to you know as he's on the run find some place to hide mm-hmm. it's totally understandable. It fits into the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate to say it, but there was just so many things that didn't hit me right. Like even from the beginning, like walking into the wherever he is and he's just walking out in the open with baby Yoda just walking in like mm-hmm. and of course he's you know so we did get we did get our first you know encounter with Cara Dune yes Cara uh-huh. Dune. yep so what are your thoughts on our introduction to her like overall I do like I do kind of like Cara Dune as a character I uh, do I wish that they uh, kind of had a little bit more for her to do absolutely um i do feel like she like as far as like screen time she didn't have enough Mm. so um but i feel like she is going to be a recurring character so that kind of puts me at ease but at the same time it's like okay i mean not not the worst way to introduce somebody but but yeah i I thought it was going to be a little bit stronger or I just felt like we didn't get anything really like I, we already knew most of what we found out about her before the episode. Yeah, like, like there was her, nothing, no new revelation, and we just get that told to us by her. Yep. I was a you know former rebel shock trooper, blah blah blah, um, and then after the war, it was kind of boring, and so I'm out on my own. I think my overall impression of her character and of, of the, that experience was I see why they hired her for her fighting and physicality. Uh-huh. I thought that her acting was very, eh, like, just wasn't, I didn't get, I, I didn't get, I got a very, not a strong feeling for that character. Um, she was great in the fight, the opening oh, sequence. Yeah. I mean, it was that, fantastic. That was... That was awesome. Yeah, that first combat, hand-to-hand combat with the Mandalorian was awesome. Um, but I felt like her delivery of her lines was just kind of, that was okay. It was all right. I didn't didn't get a whole lot from it, but it was fine. And we get, and I think from there. Then, then we kind of get into, uh, I guess it kind of goes like right into the story plot of uh, the farmers needing protection and all that kind of stuff. And... Like, at first, the Mandalorian was very hesitant on it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, well, I guess it's a good place to hide. At least I get something out of this. Right. I, I feel like he would, probably would have left if uh, if they didn't mention that they are out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, I felt like that kind of, like, as far as, like, the writing for the Mandalorian, I felt like it kind of took him a step back, in my opinion, so... I feel I feel like as soon as as soon as the villagers come to him, at that point, you know the whole story. Of yeah. course, he's going to go help them. There's no mm-hmm. question that oh, is he's going to blow them off, right? You know, like you know he's going to go help them. You know that they are going to, you know, 
get attached to him in some kind of way, and then he's going to help them, but then he's going to leave, right? That yeah, was all, as soon as that happened, I knew the story. It was very uh, Magnificent Seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen that, right? Samurai but, films, and heck, even the Clone Wars Yeah, uh, did an episode with uh, Bonnie Honors helping out uh, some farmers from uh, pirates, and then the Jedi helped them out as well. Right. So I felt like that was really like just everything about that just was like okay, I've seen this before. I thought it was somewhat cool. Like I thought the Baby Yoda scenes with the kids in the village was a little heavy-handed. It didn't came across to me as just like blatant cutesy scenes. Like it's like we're gonna have these overwhelmingly cute scenes with Baby Yoda and the kids. You know, it's like. It's like, okay, I get it, but, like, it was just, like, it almost felt like it was, like, you know, like, just over-the-top cute, which it was. It was cute. I'll give it that. But it didn't, I felt like it was, and the scenes with 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 this widow um, and her daughter and just just came across as awkward to me. I got to be honest. I got my, my opinion and my my feeling when I was watching those scenes was, oh, this does not, didn't, it, I didn't feel like the, the way I was expecting to feel about that, like, even just the fact that, like, you know, it's like, oh, you're falling in love with this guy, and he's basically a giant metal bucket. Like, he, <laughs> you've never even seen his face. He could, you don't even know what species he is, right? I don't know. You, you don't know if he's human even, right? Um, I thought that the performance of the woman, the widow, I don't recall her name, was was okay. It was good. Like, yep. But I just feel like it was just, we were supposed to immediately get that sense of, like, oh, there's this bond between them and there's this and I just was like ah I don't know I didn't get it didn't it just none of that sat well with me I thought it was like eh and like the whole idea of him being kind of tempted to want to settle down you know it's like you just it it in a in a series where there's multiple episodes there's just no tension there I know he's not staying mm. now, there's no there's no way the Mandalorian show is now going to be based in this village right like it's like this isn't going to be a thing, right? If it was a movie, then you might think, well, we got one story to tell. Maybe the story ends with him staying on this in this mm-hmm. village. But in the show, there's no tension there. I don't have any reason to believe he's going to stay there. He might return or come back at some point. Maybe at the end of the show, he comes full circle. But Yeah, I, I kind of was okay with the uh, slow, slower pace, like in the like the training of the village, villager scenes. I thought we're okay. They were okay. Yeah, I I I was just like, eh. like okay, we, like there there was like even a shot by shot like online of like a scene from the Clone Wars and a scene from this. I was like, okay, I guess I see where this is going. Oh, really? Like it's just like shot yep. by shot. Yep, pretty much like where they were like fought, like training with the training sticks. sticks and then shooting things. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. shooting at targets. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, that's stuff we've seen before, right? In Star Wars and other. You know, mm-hmm. teaching people like you know, common people how to be warriors or fight for themselves, right? Like, they're not just gonna fight for them. They're gonna teach them how to defend themselves when they're gone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that just I just felt like the execution of all that was very mediocre. I didn't I didn't get a lot of feeling for it. I did like when they you know eventually do go out into the forest and, and like to go and provoke like, them. Uh huh. That was a little bit more entertaining. Surprisingly, that's kind of where I have a gripe with this episode. Really? Yeah. And uh, I was watching this with Jake on uh, our 70-inch. Uh, 
And, like, it was completely dark. Like, it was, like, 9 o'clock at night. Um, there was, like, no sunlight in there whatsoever. So we could basically see what was going on. I felt like the way that it was shot, like, when they were in that tent with all the, uh, I think, I want to say it's, like, breweries. Yeah, they were doing something with the krill that, that those farmers had. Yeah. That they were stealing from them. Doing but, something with it. Yeah. Yeah, but the way that it was shot was so dark. I couldn't make out what was going on what was happening and the funny thing is i watched the same scene again on my phone and was able to see it better so i don't know if it was a i don't want to say it was a fault on the tv's part but again i was like okay i wish this was shot a little bit better mm-hmm. like a little bit lighter because we have we did have uh scenes shot in the dark and we were able to see it like the shootout uh the episode prior the stormtroopers yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but that that does kind of change like like as the episode went on and that's and then it kind of like went right into like one of the best parts of the episode was the right. uh atst right yeah so and that was great i mean it was it was a fun you know like mm-hmm it was one of those things. It's like, yes, if you, you know, who doesn't want to see an ATST in action, right, in live action, you know, outside of the movies, which was very cool. And they went for like the full blown like monster. It was like it was a monster. Actually, the red eyes and the and the yes. sound it gave it like almost like a like a like a loop, like it was alive, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that that was well done. It's almost like it was a monster coming out of the forest. Yeah, you know, which was. Yeah, that was that was great. So and plus, like, uh, like in a couple spots, it was like, oh, I forgot these things were being piloted by somebody, right? Buddy. And I thought that was really neat. And uh, like when the ATSD eventually gets to the spot, and like it's supposed to like fall into the pond, like when it puts its foot out into there, but like once it like stops, it was like I was like, oh, oh, so I guess it's not gullible so it's gonna put up a fight wow mm-hmm. okay so then after that like the action scenes were pretty well done um mm-hmm. you had the whole standoff in the village and like mm-hmm. there was it was a it was a more substantial kind of like action sequence um and the at face off the you know, that kind of standoff with the atst was good Mm-hmm. It was interesting. There's definitely like that feeling of like fear, like wh- how horrifying that that would be to be facing off with this killer machine, killing machine, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, nothing you can do. None of their weapons, you know, the only thing that they had was that trap that they set for it, which was which was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get that sequence, and that was that was probably the most entertaining part of it. And then we get the whole that was followed by the scene where. She tries to kind of take his helmet off, I think. Right. And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. Now, and what did you think of the fact that he, at one point, seems to have decided that he's going to leave Baby Yoda there? Part of me was like, if they did leave him here, there, I felt like it would kind of be a disservice, in a way. Or it would kind of detract from what's going on. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, the... I, I'm not sure if I'd have to watch the episode again because, like, there was a bonnie hunter that had a tracking fob 
uh, heading towards the village. And, like, at that point, I was like, yeah, whatever you said uh, yeah. as far as leaving him has gone out the window. Yeah, I, I just didn't, I just, when, it, when he said that, I mean, part of me was like, are you serious? Like, he'll be incredibly irresponsible. Like, mm-hmm. like anybody could find him. Right? If the tracking fobs are actually tracking baby Yoda, mm-hmm. they would just be leaving him there and then someone would come and take him. Maybe, and we never really got an explanation for that. And also, like, I mean, I just, as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, I know that's not happening. That There's no way that, there's no way that he's going to rescue Baby Yoda in the previous episode and then bring him to this village for one episode and then leave him there. Mm-hmm. I knew that, I, again, it was like, it was kind of like the tension they were trying to build around that, just pretty sure that's not going to happen. So as soon as the bounty hunter shows up, you're like, okay, well, there's the reason why that's not happening, right? Like, you can't leave him there. There's a bounty hunter coming, right? <laughs> That was that was very ominous though. That's the shot of baby little baby Yoda and the crosshairs. Oh my gosh! That had the intended effect, I think. Yep, that wor- it worked. <laughs> it's like uh, you're not killing little baby Yoda. <laughs> Anybody who puts baby Yoda in the crosshairs is not a friend of ours, right? Right. <laughs> what did you think? Of, what did you? What were your thoughts on like the whole end of the, at least for this episode of the, the bond between Mandalorian and. Cara Dune. I I'm not I'm not really uh I feel like due to like some of the footage that we saw in the trailers, we're definitely gonna be seeing her again. Mm-hmm. Um and I really do hope so. Yeah, again, it's kinda hard to give a definite answer because we didn't really focus on the relationship between her and Mando that much. Again, mm-hmm. she was not really used that much. Mm-hmm. So and it's kind of a shame. So ho- hopefully the next time they do meet, um, we do kind of get more of a um, like a buddy buddy bond, uh, like we did with uh, Mando and uh, IG Eleven. So and, and, that's and, and, that, and that's kind of the weird thing. Yeah. It, uh, they keep giving us these characters, and they're only there for one episode, and then they're, in case of IG Eleven, actually shot. Uh, and killed. I mean, you can't kill a droid, but like, and then Cara Dune's just like goes her separate way. Yeah, plus I'm a little bit surprised by that that they that they didn't. So so far, really, the Mandalorian is just still just on his own with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. He's had IG-11, the Ugnaught, and Cara Dune. They all potentially could have continued to work with him or be with him. Yeah, at mm-hmm. least at this point, they're not. So that's interesting. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I hope. I hope they go back and do something about that because I don't feel a super strong connection to that character yet. Yeah. Plus, uh, the another weird thing is that uh, the screen t- the screen time versus uh, IG Eleven and Cardoon, IG had less time and there was a better connection with that than there was with Cardoon and uh, in a full episode. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully they do. Uh, change that up a bit. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely something I'm curious to see. Is it, are we going to get any more of IG-11 or Cara Dune in the rest of the season? Right. At all. Or is that going to be all saved for the but, second season? Or or possibly the final episode. Of this season. Of this season. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. Well, that was it. That was, it was a forgettable episode for me. I also felt like it just didn't even need to happen at this point but it did and that leads us to chapter five yep which was what was the title of it again 
the gunslinger. The gunslinger. The gunslinger. Yeah. So, so this surprisingly is so far on the bottom of my list as far as Mandalorian episodes. Below chapter four. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it had a strong. It had a strong beginning. I mean, I love the shootout. Uh, Within like the first two minutes of the episode, in space. Yeah, in space. space Loved it. Chase. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Definitely. That was definitely so. great opening. Fun. And I'm, I'm assuming that this guy was a bounty hunter. Yep. I guess. Maybe. Um. Uh. Loved the whole. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold, and uh, and <laughs> you know, and we're all we're all immediately we're all saying like, that's his line. And yeah. He says <laughs> that. And, that was great. It was fun. And it was very, you know, the whole trick with like, oh, you know, I'm going full speed ahead and then I hit the brakes and you pass me and then I shoot you, which we've seen, you know, in how many different scenarios. That's, that's been done a million times, but it was fun to see mm-hmm. that, you know, in a space battle. But it's, it's, I believe it's the damage that he incurs during that that makes mm-hmm. him have to find some place to land. Yep. Um, uh, fuel leak. And so, what were your thoughts about... Oh, uh, where he lands? Where he lands. Oh, boy. Once I heard Mos Eisley, I was like, ah, here we go. Yeah. That uh, was a, I was surprised. Was... I was surprised. I was like, okay. We're, this, it was like, it was like, I mean, you don't just drop Moss Eisley. Like, you just drop, like, a big, you know, that's a big fan service bomb right there. Mm-hmm. We're going back to Tatooine. We're going to Moss Eisley. And man, did they go back to Moss Eisley? They went all the way back to Tatooine in so many different ways that it was really, really, really fun. It was like almost like our, you could put some of the shots from episode four uh, and compare them to that episode. And they basically almost fit right in perfectly. I don't know if they uh, uh, used some of that footage from episode four or not. Um, or. They act. I mean, they they redid, they rebuilt the. I mean, the first place he goes is the cantina. Yeah, it's the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on that whole cantina scene? Just the the part where he's in the cantina. I just was thinking, I was like, okay, they're gonna. I'll probably laugh out loud if they're playing the same gosh darn song. Oh, yeah. They didn't do that. Uh, but, no, no if, if I would have made a bet on that, I would have lost uh, pretty quickly. Um, but it was kind of funny to find out that it is under new management. Right. And uh, the ironic thing is, is that uh, when we first see that cantina uh, back in The New Hope, and <laughs> they are like no droids. Right. And then later on, you see a bunch of droids. Droids are like basically behind the bar. Yep. Right. I think there's more than one. Yeah, and then there's some like that are roaming around like. Yeah. So that yeah. was a great. That was a, that was a really fun. You know, like uh, things have changed, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was great. I don't know that any everybody. Uh, some people might not have caught that. You know, like that. That was a pretty pretty significant little twist. Oh, yeah. On being in the cantina. Um, what other thoughts do you have about that? Just the whole cantina scene. Um, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, just like seeing like 
everything in there that yeah. like almost looks exactly the same. Yeah. And uh, just like except for different people are now inhabiting it. Um, that scene where uh, he was uh, talking to the young guy that's trying to get into the guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people say it was the same seat that Han Solo sat in. Uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Maybe I can definitely a, see their fan servicey uh, side if it was. I was um, that is definitely what I saw the first time I watched it. Uh, I haven't gone back to really make sure, but that was definitely the impression I got. And even one of the shots of the character, I mean, like the back what was behind him was exactly what was behind Han when he was facing off with Greedo, uh-huh. and I gotta say, I mean, like, I loved. I, I have no. I am a. I am one of those people who's like, no problem with fan service. You can fan service. That's fine. I, I'm all for it. I don't. I'm not offended by it. I don't think it's a cop out. I think it's that's that's part of what Star Wars is. It's about catering to the fans. It's unique in that way. But putting that guy, if he was sitting in the exact same booth in the exact same spot as Han Solo, I didn't like that. I think that went a little too far. It's like, hey, like, he can be in the cantina, he can have all this going on, but this guy's, who's this guy? He's nobody. He shouldn't be sitting in Han's spot. You know, like, even though, you know, obviously, that's that's just my personal, that's my take on it. Like, I just thought, oh, you know, probably, maybe not that. Like, love the cantina scene. I, I even, I liked the first encounter between those two characters and how they talked and, you know, and what his... his his attitude, you know, he's like oh, a yeah. hot shot. And he's that, trying to get in on on the action, and, and then you kind of just find out that he's like all talk and like no uh, backbone, right? Like in any way, right? He's kind of like almost like a young Han Solo, right? Like without uh, without all the back, back backbone and experience and swagger, mm-hmm. he's a he's a kind of a like a a young, you know, talks and talks, but yeah. Well, even then, I felt like he was kind of beneath, like, even young Han from uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yeah, he was... Even, it was yeah. like, at least Han had, like, the, the thing that was backing him up was he was a great pilot, and he was able to prove that he was a pretty darn good pilot. Right. Uh, this guy was... Uh, um, Just an we aspiring were, bounty hunter, that's yeah. about it, that we know of, right? So, what did you... What were your... Did you... Um, did you like that character initially, or did you? I I feel like I've seen the actor before, like in another show. Uh, I think it was I think it was in the Lost in Space remake, but I'd probably have to double check that. But I like I did not too much care for him in this one. I didn't either, although so, I liked the idea of a naive, you know, aspiring bounty hunter. I mm-hmm. thought he was okay, but yeah, as as far as like him being there. Uh, and like not to give away too much of what happens in the end, but we'll get to that anyway. Yeah. It's like it didn't really matter. I felt like he was just a guy that was just there to move the plot forward. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's the guy that's like is trying to find the MacGuffin to move it for the story forward. Right, right, right. Uh, just right. To, the bounty yeah. hunter, that the, the bounty that they're looking for. Yep. Right, which is, we don't know initially how important that is. We get a little sense of it at the end, but um, I, uh, for me, the only thing, the next thing that I remember is just those speeder bikes, which uh, I thought were great. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, before we hit that, 
there was a character that we kind of left out oh. in the beginning. Oh, I forgot about the pitroids and the... And the mechanic. Yes. So, uh, so what, what was your opinion on, uh, like, all that? I know, I know, like, most people were kind of iffy, and I still kind of feel, I don't know, I felt like that was just cameo there, I, I guess. So I, anyway. I did not have any, like, when that person came on screen, I have no idea who that is. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. I don't know the significance of that person. I think I mentioned to you before when we were talking, right? I think I told a coworker. Honestly, when I saw that character, this is going to date me and make me sound really old, but I I started thinking of Richard Simmons, like the old workout guy. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, the, that's the image that came to my mind. I was like, what is this? Like the hair and the way she was acting, it just sounded like Richard Simmons. And oh, I was okay. kind of like thrown off by that. I didn't, I didn't really understand the significance of her appearance in terms of who that was. I didn't think her performance was very good. I thought it was just kind of just, okay, you're this garage monkey, you know, kind of person, like grease monkey, like person, like, you have a garage and you're kind of like whatever. Um, Love the pit droids, right? Like that was uh-huh. great. I'm. I think we talked about that. I mean, yeah. pit droids are kind of like my favorite. One of our favorite little things from the prequels, right? It was the pit droids, and mm-hmm. I loved the scene with Jar Jar messing around with the pit droids. So getting the pit droids back was 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 fun. I think they're just great little side, you know, goofy little characters to have in the in the story. But the other character, yeah, it's like okay, haha. Okay, yeah, I I kind of like e- like there was like even a time when uh, I rewatched the episode, but I had to go like check on like one of the cats in the other room, and like there was a scene with her in there, and I just kept hearing her voice. I'm like, dude, it's just Princess Carolyn from BoJack, and it's like, oh, okay, now that's gonna be distracting for the rest for like from now on, basically whenever I. I don't have that reference in my mind. Oh, okay. All I know is I just didn't really care for the character. It's like, mm, she's fine. But she did, she was the one, she, she, she had that cool little encounter with Baby Yoda, like, mm-hmm. walking out of the shit, which was, which yeah. was cute. And plus, like, the music kind of had that, uh, uh, like, just when that, when that scene was playing, I was like, now, now, like, when people go like, oh, it's Disney Star Wars. That's kind of the scene that I look at. I'm like, yep, Disney Star Wars, didn't see music, uh, being cutesy. That was it. <laughs> I feel like so. chapters four and five had strong elements of people's fears of Disney-ifying things. Um, and that, yeah. I and, that was and, and part of me is like, okay, I guess they're doing this to cater to the audience of bait well because well baby yoda was a hit on the internet but here's the thing um did these shows were made before all that hype right so that so i'm like okay i guess it's not being not not there because of like uh pandering to like right, from to everybody the, else all that hype, right. but yeah. yeah but now that's kind of making me a little more nervous on season two so, and like in in a way, but we'll probably get to that discussion later, right, or another time. So we get back to the uh, he, Mandalorian basically agrees to help this kid find this bounty and, and get into the guild. Yeah, which and, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was like, okay, he knows the guilds after him, so 
Is he yeah. just trying to like just trying to help this kid out? Like snag the money and then run or I'm not really what? sure. I don't know. That so so that's kinda why he was looking for work, issue. right? Like that was kinda like yep. the idea is that he goes in the cantina looking for work. Mm-hmm. Freelancing. He finds this kid who's gonna help him and share the bounty, potentially. Um again the speeder bike thing, like I don't know, but I mean I always one of my favorite sequences in Star Wars Rebels is that first episode with the speeder bike chase out of oh, Lothal, and, and I love that. Yeah, that yeah. was... And I love speeder cool. bikes, I, and I, th- I thought they did a really good job of putting it in that desert environment, and a little bit of a throwback to when Anakin was on the speeder bike on Tatooine going to get the Tusken Raiders, which was great. The way that they, you know, encounter the, the bounty and get pinned down... And the nighttime effect with the lights and the shooting and the and the speeders, I thought was all very entertaining. Something we haven't seen on Tatooine before, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, when did when is that when uh, when was the sequence with the Tusken Raiders? Uh, that was before, like slightly before uh, when they before they get to the bounty. Yeah. So we got the the very strong, you know, nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Right, the Banthas and the Tuscans in the distance, and then the Tuscans that are right there. So yeah, that that I was like, oh, okay, yep, we they're definitely trying to like, yep, remember the episode four, yeah, remember that scene. It was a so, pretty pretty similar yeah. approach. That's a Tuscan Raider move, I guess, right? Like you have some guys yeah. off in the distance to distract you and then boom they're there where you, mm-hmm. you before you know where they're there a lot of a lot of people had a lot of things to say about what well, happened the, the, the american sign language that was used was that american sign language yep like actual official sign language uh yeah oh interesting. Uh, yeah it, uh but just just a like random fun fact uh the guy who uh was the tuscan reader that was doing the sign language uh was completely is a well-known, uh, completely deaf person. Really? So I did not know that. Yep. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on uh, that whole sequence of communicating and bartering with the uh, Tuscan Raiders? That I at first I kind of was off put by it, but like the more that I uh, looked back at that, I was like, okay, right, that I can, I can, guess I can accept. I mean, like my initial reaction was the same people would automatically attack them because again trespassing so right it was so some people i guess had a problem with that like wait a minute oh, really? tuscan raiders don't like, negotiate like when have they ever done that right well i guess they we, were the only and plus like I, I felt like they do know the difference but and plus like now looking back i was like okay i guess they do ha- ha- definitely have a beef with farmers because again they're on their land and taking resources from that mm-hmm. but like as far as the mandalorian i was like okay they probably might be aware that they're off world so it's like all right a little more lenience towards them right. yeah i i would i would be lying if i uh said that i didn't feel the same way as most fans did at that scene but again the more that i think about it the more i'm kind of being forgiving of it i thought it was funny mm-hmm was unexpected and it kind of made me smile um and it was it was humorous like they're standing there doing sign language with tuscan raiders like <laughs> we obviously we've never seen that before it's unexpected and i think it had a comic element to it mm-hmm. that i thought was was 
was cool. Um, but it was definitely, you know, that's where it was different. You know, like the scenes with Luke, it's like, they're there to kill him. Like they surprise him and it's like, we're going to take your head off. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, um, so that was, I could see where some people might have a problem with that. Like, have we never really seen that side of the Tuscan Raider? I know that I think it's in the, there's been some things in legends with Tuscan Raiders, um, where they're a little bit more complex mm -hmm. and not just these, just like monsters. And I mean, we do get that in episode two, right? In Attack of the Clones, we, we see that they, you know, they they live in villages and have mm -hmm. families and probably do have some a more civilized side to them. But I think more than anything, it was just, of course, you know, if you're going to go to Tatooine, might as well give us Tusken Raiders, right? That's that's par for the course for that. Mm -hmm. um, so then after that, we get to the point where they're pinned down. I, I like the action sequences around that. Um, there was some parts of it, like the part where the Mandalorian fell asleep. Or he thought he was asleep and he was kind of messing with him and I was just like, oh, yeah. well, is that supposed to be funny? I didn't find that to be funny, um, but I thought that the, the all the action around that like was good and then finally getting to the to the character. I don't remember the character's name, the the girl that they they're, they're hunting down. I I just said Agent May from uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. <laughs> so she she they catch her pretty easily. I mean, yeah, she gives them. A, she, oh, she she puts up a fight. Yeah, very but, much so. But they get her. Uh huh. She's outnumbered, and that's that's reasonable, and and um. That's where it gets interesting. I really like the whole like Mandalorian leaves to go get a bantha. Uh, a do back. A do back. Uh huh. Sorry, do back. And he, which we saw earlier, dragging I guess another bounty hunter. Yeah, that one one, that, one was, that she shot. Yeah, I loved the scene with just the. The new guy and the and the bounty and that whole exchange where she's like, Hey, the real value target is that guy. Yeah. And I was and at first you're thinking, I was thinking, this guy's so stupid. He's right. gonna fall for this, he's gonna let her go, she's gonna kill him. And then he, at least we think, kills her. Which I don't know about you, but I was shocked. I did not see that coming. That I did not think that he would all of a sudden have like the presence of mind and the kind of the balls to just offer just boom just like oh okay and then he says something like okay well now i got that information actually i'm smarter than you and i'm just going to kill you now because mm -hmm. you gave me that information and i'm going to turn coat on the mando right which was his plan i guess yep um i thought that was good that was a good twist didn't, I didn't think he was going to be that smart and that bold. I feel like that scene would have worked for me in a way, but what happens afterward kind of just demeaned that, like kind of just made it lesser for me. Um, How so? What? Like when he when he is when he heads back and like holds the mechanic and Baby Yoda ransom, it's like okay, yep, we he's definitely going to be a. Uh, a uh, kind of vil villain that's not going to last very long. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thus, uh, that whole trip out there, basically the whole episode was kind of all for nothing huh. for me anyway. Right. Well, um, I do. I do. I agree. So, I, I think that there's a lot of that episode, chapters four and five. Not really sure how important they were to the storyline. 
with the exception of what happens at the very end of this episode, mm-hmm. which we haven't got to yet. But yeah, that whole standoff, like, oh yeah, I got baby Yoda, and you're like, yeah, okay. yeah, you're, gone. yeah, like, there's no <laughs> chance that the baby is going to end up with you. We're pretty sure. And again, I think that's my gripe with chapters four and five. They just felt very predictable, very safe, very not no no. There was no. I didn't feel much of the dramatic tension that I was hoping to feel or was maybe supposed to feel. Um, I'm hoping that they recover that. Um, but I guess the most obvious thing is right. So we think that this person is dead in the desert. Um, and the Mandalorian is off planet when we see someone mm-hmm. approaching this. We don't still know. Like I'm assuming that she's not dead if someone's approaching her, or maybe right. she is. Or maybe. And this yeah. is just our way of being introduced to a mystery character, and we don't know who it is. But I'm that saved the episode for me. Oh, okay. That yeah. moment made the episode tolerably better for me than chapter four like okay that's interesting is she dead or is she not dead and who is that those are good questions for us to have going into the next episode are we going to find out in the next episode i don't know but or or are we gonna just or is it going to be revealed like at the very uh like chapter eight right somewhere in the end of the season or something you have thoughts on i know there's a lot of speculation about who that who that person is? Do you think for Do you think she's dead? Part of me wants to say no. Again, IG88 kind of changed the. I mean, huh, uh, sorry, I IG11. Uh, yes, I did make that mistake multiple times. I'm <laughs> yeah. joking now, uh, but uh, yeah, like with IG11, uh, they axed supposedly axed them off like in the first. Uh, chapter, so it's like, okay, now we don't really know who's going to be safe in the Mandalorian, aside from the Mandalorian. Right. Even then, it's like, okay, he's going to be taking a beating most of the time, so... I think that the the obvious thing to me, at least what I assume, is that this was a bounty, this person was a bounty, so there was other bounty hunters tracking, and so... another bounty hunter shows up after the fact, Mm -hmm. finds the bounty there, dead but not claimed or returned. Right. So if it is, in fact, a bounty hunter, the obvious question is, you know, if it's, if it's, if they're, if they're teasing us with this, you know, shot of just the feet, just the legs. Just the feet. Possibly a cape. It looked like there might have been a cape. Yes, there did look like there was a cape. So I guess... You know, obviously the speculation is rampant that it's Boba Fett. I don't okay. know. I've heard some speculation about like the sound of this, like there's a sound of spurs yeah, that's maybe. similar to Boba Fett's sound when he walks. Hmm. Um, if it's just any old bounty hunter, I'm not sure why we don't just see it. Right. Why did they give us that? Te- why are they hiding the identity of that person? Is it not a bounty hunter? Do you think it's not a bounty hunter? Uh, my first thought was that maybe it might be the guy from Breaking Bad that has yet to be seen in in the Mandalorian. That that could be maybe could be the uh, cape seems to maybe imply that right. It looks like he has a cape. 
Uh huh. Like a yep. Yeah. Um, or possibly grief. Uh, grief car got could be that too. Um, tracking so. tracking the Mando. Yep. I feel like it's either a bounty hunter or or the other Imperial guy. Mm-hmm. Someone someone had said that, that it might be um, Cad Bane. Just because of the spur sounding, but I don't think Cad Bane wore a wore a cape, or would, no. I don't know if they would introduce that character or, into the show, even though he's a bounty hunter. Well, we thing about that is, uh, in an unfinished uh, content for the Clone Wars, Cad Bane uh, gets killed by Boba Fett. Oh. so it's like okay, if he might, he's supposed to be dead, right? Then, in theory, yeah, like. Okay. Because, like, they uh, had, like, a scene, like, where Boba Fett and Cad Bane kind of had, like, a, a draw in a way. So they, uh, like, shot at the same time. And they both went down. But uh, Bane's shot was aimed at Boba Fett's head, which was protected by the helmet. And that's why he has kind of, like, a little dent on the side. Oh, so. on Boba Fett's helmet. <laughs> yep. Okay. But, so I guess that's the... But, the question is, is she dead or not? And, and I don't know that that's as important as who was ooh. that. Probably a bounty hunter looking for the same bounty that they were looking for. Yeah, maybe. Let me ask you this, though. Like, let me just let's just go to the place that everybody's been going. Right. And, and speculating about. Are we going to get Boba Fett in season one, if at all? Um, is Boba Fett going to be in this show? I very much oh, kind of hope not because <laughs> uh, if you think about it uh, and like I'm going to try to say this in the most generous way that I can Baby Yoda kind of stole the show in The Mandalorian Yeah, just um, you could very much imagine what Boba Fett would do as far as coming into The Mandalorian because at that point like, I feel it'd feel like the Mandalorian's just there for the ride and not a character that we should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. So, it it very much uh, kind of draw attention away from the character that we're supposed to care about. Is it, I don't know the answer to this, and I feel like I should. Is Boba Fett alive in canon right now? Um, I believe he's alive from Legends. Very much in Legends, and even then, that's kind of the. There is so much inconsistencies as far as that's concerned, as well. Because um, like I, I did read a book like where he gets out of the Sarlacc pit and then helps Luke out for some reason, and then falls right back into a different Sarlacc pit, and then they just leave him. And then there's one where he actually. Uh, has been out for a long time, which I think that was uh, Dark Empire. Um, but yeah, as far as the canon goes, I haven't uh, I haven't read. Uh, I'm trying to remember the book uh, Aftermath. So I think it's kind of hinted that he got out because uh, there like, was like a hint of uh, Andalorian armor being in a marketplace on Tatooine or something like that. Um, don't don't quote me on this, but. Yeah. Um, I'm looking this stuff up, and it seems like it's sufficiently ambiguous. Okay, so as to whether or not he's alive in can in in canon, in in legends, yes, in canon, we're not sure. So, 
from a canon perspective, they could bring him back. Possibly, yeah. And it wouldn't be completely nonsensical in a, in a timeline perspective. Right. Like, obviously, for, like, the average fan, it'd be like, wait, isn't he dead? Like, last time we saw Boba Fett, he's in the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Of course, there's always speculation that he's alive because if Darth Maul can survive getting chopped in half, then <laughs> Boba Fett can escape from the... Right? So, like, the question, first thing is, if you bring Boba Fett back, do you explain to everyone how he survived the Sarlacc pit, or do we just assume he survived the Sarlacc pit, obviously? I guess I have mixed feelings. Do I want Boba Fett to come back? Of course I want Boba Fett. Who doesn't want yeah. Boba Fett to come back? Yeah, do absolutely. I think he should? If he does, does he just come back for, like, ten minutes, five minutes? Or possibly be in there as long as uh, um, other supporting characters in the show. Like, for I, an episode. Maybe. Right. I feel like I, I feel like they can't bring him back in any extended way because then, like you were saying, he, he upstages everyone. It becomes, oh, uh, it's the Mandalorian show, but it's really the Boba Fett show, right? Because the Mandalorian is our new Boba Fett, right? Essentially, he's a stand-in for that character. You can't bring Boba Fett back into the show and have him be a, even a consistent side character without, like you said, upstaging Baby Yoda and really even potentially upstaging the Mandalorian himself. So if that is Boba Fett, how do they do that, right? Which makes me think, even as we're talking, it's probably not Boba Fett. Right. Maybe they just aren't bringing him back at all. I guess we'll find out. Which is, again, for me, what saved the episode was that cliffhanger. That 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 moment was like, okay, all right. This isn't just like a one-off episode that has no beginning, like the beginning and the end are completely like, you could just lift it right out of the story and it wouldn't mean anything, right? Because the kid that we met at the beginning of the episode is dead. Um, who is the gunslinger, by the way? Is it the Mandalorian or is it this kid? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. Not really sure. Yeah, at first <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the Mandalorian, but again, the kid was kind of acting a little gunslinger-ish, even though he wasn't there for very long. Wasn't wasn't super clear. Wasn't yeah. super clear. Do that. Uh, so I will probably not see it until the evening, which has been about my, my routine. It's been Friday evening. Oh, okay. For seeing the, the episode. Um and we'll see. I guess we've got we've got three episodes left, and we're getting chapter six to Friday, and then yep. chapter seven on Wednesday. Uh, yep, Wednesday. And uh, so I, that we don't ru- steal the show for this other Star Wars thing. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. It's coming out. Oh, there's a Star oh, Wars yeah. movie coming out. That's yeah. right. Oh, Rise of Skywalker. So, so a week from now, we will be 45 minutes in. So as Justin and I have tickets for the Thursday night, 5 p.m. show. Yep. First possible time that anyone in the in the continent of the United States can see it is uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I mean, at least other than a, a, a preview screening. Um, so, yeah, we are a week away. Yeah. From the end of the Skywalker saga. Do you have any parting thoughts about that? Um. Just like over, I actually had like an overall thought on that uh, not too long ago, and I kind of just look back at basically the whole decade of the twenty teens and how uh, basically 
like Star Wars being revived has brought a lot of things into motion that were very unexpected and like bringing people people together uh bringing people closer to the fandom um caused some uh things to happen to the fandom Mm -hmm. uh good bad or otherwise um but just overall this is kind of a way of saying goodbye to that era Mm -hmm. and and just growing up with that was just downright amazing. I mean, heck, I don't think we would be even here if, like, yeah. if this didn't happen or take place. Yeah, no doubt. So, it, it is a very, I, I would have to say if I were to summarize how I feel about the rise of Skywalker being out in a week, it is that I am anxiously optimistic. I'm anxious because I'm very much, I'm not sure. So I don't want to say goodbye to Star Wars in the sense of the Skywalker saga and the way that I understand Star Wars. I don't want to say goodbye to that in a way that I'm disappointed. Right. Where it's like, ah, got to be honest, didn't really like that movie. Goodbye, Star Wars, Skywalker Saga. The flip side of that is what makes me anxious in another way is saying goodbye to the Skywalker Saga and the movie just hits a home run. Right. And it's, and it's the payoffs are done well, the story's closed effectively, there's emotional impact, it's believable, it's executed. If that happens... I'm going to be a wreck for days. I mean, right. if, if that's, if they, if that ends effectively, it will be devastating to me in, in, in the best possible way. It will be yeah. devastating. It's, uh-huh. like, it's like, this is the end, like on so many different levels, depending on how it comes out. And obviously I'd prefer to have it be a home run. Um, even though that would be more emotionally devastating for me. <laughs> But I guess we'll find out in a week. Yep. Uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the distraction of The Mandalorian. I think that that helped me to kind of not be so focused on Rise of Skywalker and so preoccupied with it. And so I can just yep. get so, close to it. And if we're going to get two more Mandalorian episodes before the movie's out, that'll keep us distracted. Um, I've stopped paying attention, really, so, to uh, any of the... TV spots or trailers or hype, I've kind of tuned out. Have you paid attention to that still? Um, not as much. And I do kind of agree with you because I, I feel like it will kind of uh, might lessen the hype. And then when it is actually good, it will kind of bring Star Wars like back way up into yeah. if, uh, if they If uh, they do, if this is... If this is as good as either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, we're going to be a lot of happy people, and oh, it's yeah. going to do what it's what it what it set out to do. Um, I have heard some friends talking about stuff that they've seen online that that maybe gets almost to the point of being spoiler ish. I have just tuned out. Yeah, and I'm just going to wait until the movie comes out. And plus, like, we're we're obviously gonna have a group that's not gonna like it. Sure. And, uh, 
And then we also have the boycotters, which, good, please don't watch this movie. Go watch Cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you, if you, if you, if you, oh, boy. If you are so jaded or dark in your soul that you can boycott Star Wars, like, and live and let live, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I, I have a, a, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I oh, guess, yeah. I guess the, the reality is, is that, is that a week from now, we will be at the end, uh -huh. and we'll see what happens. Yes, definitely. And uh, when that comes around, uh, we will be doing a, uh, a review of it in a way. Uh, that will be also split into two parts. Uh, the first half will probably release around the week or weekend of uh, of the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Non-spoiler uh, thoughts on it, and then a couple, then maybe a week later we'll release part two, which will be full of spoilers, and we'll get down right to like every single little detail that thrilled us or pot or hopefully not disappoint us so we will find out all righty yep well uh, until then uh this is uh the trench run report signing out may the force be with you